Welcome to Freedom Thinkers, where we analyze current events and political topics to promote free thought on college campuses and throughout America. Today we are discussing the Kentucky gubernatorial race, specifically the debate that happened on the University of Kentucky last night. Hi, I'm Parker Humphrey, here with my co-host Luke Johnson. Hello. And uh, today we're analyzing the debate and the race as a whole uh, for the Kentucky governor position uh, between Matt Bevin and Andy Bashir. Uh, today is Wednesday, October 16th, and yesterday on the University of Kentucky in the Singletary Center, there was a debate for the governor's seat. So, uh, Luke, uh, who do you think was the winner last night, if there was one? Well, let me first start off before, let's start at the beginning. So, folks, you could feel the excitement on the campus last night. The energy was electric, the politics were thriving. Before, there was a sign waving right on Euclid Avenue where people on the Andy Bashir team were, you know, sign waving and people were screaming and protesting. And, I mean, democracy was alive and well last night, folks. So let me get that, let me get that out there. And, of course, there were, uh, there were Bevan supporters there, too. But it was an interesting note, and we talked about this earlier today, that it seems like the, um, the Bashir side was more... I don't want to say passionate, but more loud on the sidewalks last night. What What did you think? Yeah, they were definitely a lot louder. I think there were more Bevan people there. Yeah, uh, yeah. But the Bashir people, you could definitely hear them. For sure. Well, and that's kind of the whole mantra of I feel like Democrats are more – they're great at getting out the, the protests and the, you know, the, the marches and all that kind of stuff. But where Republicans, I feel like, do a really good job is they get to the ballot box. That's their – that's their strongest voice is to vote on the ballot, and I feel like that's what Republicans do well, and they kind of get in line and, and do a good job. But back to the question that you originally asked, um, you know, it was – I don't know who who would, uh, you know, who would win last night. I, I felt like the governor had a better – a little bit of a better night. I feel like he has more to, to offer the state and to show um, – you know what he what he believes for the state, but um, but the I tell you, Bashir, he did. I felt like he was somewhat solid on his on his talking points. Bevan likes to get off script and kind of do his own his own comments, whereas Andy Bashir tends to be more rigid to the talking points. And uh, I think that's kind of what we kind of what we saw last night. Yeah, but I don't think Bashir sounded like a robot necessarily. I mean, it sounded like he believed what he was saying. Yeah, whether or not he did. Will remain to be seen but at least it wasn't a situation where i think you've seen in the past where bevin's off script was used to his advantage we used to bevin's advantage mm-hmm. uh where bevin could catch bashir off guard i think bashir was well prepared for the debate last night yeah i think so too i i tell you a couple months ago i saw him um, speak at fancy farm down in western kentucky and um bashir was he was pretty stiff pretty you know stuck to the t- t- uh, to his talking points whereas last night I felt like he was uh, you know of course he still used the talking points but I felt like he was still pretty well prepared and that was that was obvious but um, but yeah I felt like the governor had a slight advantage but I tell you it was it was passionate last night that was the dirtiest I've seen them go at it last night was was some of those comments the governor said to Bashir multiple times at a certain point in the date that he's a fraud um, he called him candy Andy um, and uh, the governor had a little bit of a, a little bit of a gaffe when he let Andy steal some of his time about Agritech, um, where Andy was uh, prepared for that 
for that remark. But um, but I tell you, it was it was interesting, and the the uh, moderators had a hard time keeping control of the crowd. Oh yes, it was uh, <laughs> the electric energy that you talked about on the street certainly entered the audience. Absolutely, I'm telling you, there were boos, there were comments, and at the beginning of the uh, before the debate started, of course, the moderators asked everyone to be respectful. But as soon as the candidates came on stage, you just knew that that was not going to be the case for the yeah. rest of the night. Yeah, well, Bashir came on first and was greeted with a round of applause, and then Bevan entered and got a standing ovation. Yeah. And after that, it uh, was the best the moderators <laughs> Off could to do the races to, from uh, there. It to was... keep the, the crowd uh, for cheering more than 30 seconds. Yeah, for sure. So. Well, I want to ask you, I, what was your take on, what was Bashir's strongest point um, of the debate, you think? I would say that the agritech point, mm. uh, because that's a big sticking point. Like Bevan really was pushing business, was pushing getting Kentuckians jobs yeah. uh, to raise revenues in Kentucky, which is a huge problem here. And I think Bashir's main point was that was we're providing jobs that will we'll have indefinitely, that will lead into the future. It's more than coal mining, yeah. uh, because coal mining sooner or later will have to phase out of the economy. And so we're going to have to figure out something else to do. And I think Bevin took a risk asking, mm. okay, well, can you tell me some agriculture jobs? Yeah. Or some agritech jobs? Trying to catch him off guard, I yeah. think. And, and then Bashir was 100% ready for that question and kind of threw it back in Bevin's face. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, the governor's weakest moment, I think, of the debate was there. Uh, what do you think Bevin's strongest point was? Uh, abortion, for sure. That, uh, the, mm. the solid stance of—I mean, we're in a pro-life state— yeah, Kentucky is clearly pro-life. Even, I mean, there's plenty of pro-life Democrats in eastern Kentucky, uh, which tends to be more liberal. But uh, Bevin was very clear. I'm not funded by Planned Parenthood. I have nothing to do with Planned Parenthood. I am for protecting innocence in the womb. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bashir had a hard point, hard time combating that. He tried his best he did. Uh, to bring up points, which is typical of uh, abortion debates, to bring up like things like rape and incest. Uh, but that doesn't resonate well with your audience when no. they're pro-life especially the kentucky voter electorate you know kentucky is uh, a very big pro-life state and uh, i tell you i think that's what the race is going to come down to is this whole pro-life issue i'd say it's the number one issue even above the economy even above teacher pensions i think the pro-life issue is going to be the deciding factor of this race which that being said i was surprised we didn't get more questions on it last night uh, we really only had one qu- that one question on it, which that went on for a little bit because I think the candidates realized the importance of that issue. Yep. But we there was a ton of questions on healthcare last night, which I would not have guessed going in that that was going to be the largest concern. Yeah. But I guess it is. I was expecting a lot more on pensions and abortion, and there was a lot about healthcare. Yeah, the pensions weren't talked about a whole lot, you know. Um, and the closing remarks, the governor touted that he is the first governor to ever fully fund the pension system, which is true. That is a that is a fact. Um, but, yeah, I tell you, the Medicaid expansion, like you said, that was a big – took up probably about a 15-minute chunk of the debate was about the Medicaid expansion, which is a big deal, um, where Andy Bashir tried to accuse the governor of um, cutting 95,000 people off the Medicaid waiver, um, and that's tied up in court right now. And, um, and Bevan's point was – that, hey, we're all for taking care of people such as single mothers, elderly people who can't afford health care payments. The people who need it. The people who actually need it and not the people who are able to work and who are just receiving these ba- uh, these payments just because they want the free money. And so I think that's what the governor was going after. Um, but Andy kept trying to pivot back to making him look like a villain, trying to kick off everyone off the Medicaid roll. 
even those who need it. Which you saw this throughout the debate. Uh, it's hard to, like, someone will quote a fact, say a fact, um, or claim something. Uh, like Bashir claimed the thing about, oh, Bevin, you're trying to kick people off Medicare. Yep. And Bevin's like, that's in court right now. That's that's a not an active. It's not like we passed a law that did that. Um, and so, therefore, I think it's hard when in the middle of a debate, it's like, what do you do with that? You can't fact check it. Yeah. Uh, you kind of have to just ride with it and try to read the candidates as best as possible when saying things like that to see if they're telling the truth or not. Exactly. Well, I thought it was interesting towards the end of the race, or excuse me, the end of the debate, the moderators kind of asked, do you think this is a national race or do you think this is, should be based more on local issues? Um, what were your thoughts and what do you believe this race should be about? I think it's a, a local race, but it does have national implications. Mm. Uh, I think... Kentucky could definitely reelect Bevin, but we could also elect Bashir. I think Kentucky definitely votes for Trump in 2020. I don't oh, know that absolutely. goes to that question. Yeah, uh, but I do think it. We it's kind of can you can use it to kind of pulse the nation right now. Uh, are we going to can is this the Trump wave, kind of the red wave that we've been experiencing over the last four uh, years or so? Is that going to continue, or is that yeah. going to is the blue wave that we had in this last Senate race going to kind of affect? the local races as well. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting. Um, you know, we've all heard the quote that said all politics is local, and that is that is true to a certain extent. But um, I think the national issues do play a role. And, um, you know, you can tell that the, the candidates are trying two different strategies. Andy Bashir is trying to localize the race, trying to make it about local issues, teachers, that kind of stuff, whereas the governor is trying to make it about impeachment, um, national issues, more of the hot-button issues to try to get people to vote his way and to come out in droves in support of, of him. Yeah, because Bashir is going to be hurt. He's, he is hurt by the current state of the Democratic Party, I think. Yeah. Uh, the Democratic Party is much further left than Kentucky is ready for. And therefore, if Bevin can tie him to people like Warren or Bernie uh, or AOC, you're going to see it. Uh, it's much harder you're going to be convinced people to vote for Bashir on Election Day. Yeah. Well, I tell you, the Democratic Party dipped below the 50% mark of registered voters for the first time in state history last year. And Republicans have just continued to grow in the state of Kentucky as more Democrats who used to be old Democrats in Kentucky, where you could be a Democrat and could be pro-life at the same time, where that's kind of shifted more towards the Republican the Republican Party. So. It'll be interesting. In a political report that just came out this past week, um, it announced that President Trump will be coming uh, supposedly to Kentucky on the night before the election to try to stump and to try to control the narrative going into Election Day for Governor Matt Bevin. What role do you think that President Trump will have an effect, or will he have an effect on this race? Kentucky loves Trump, so I think that's going to be a huge push for Bevin. Mm -hmm. uh, even last night, there was a guy holding up a sign— uh, it said uh, we need to beat Trump's negative policies or something, and it was a quote from Andy Bashir. Yeah. And uh, the girl who was next to me said, "That's a dangerous thing. It's a dangerous thing to put Trump up on a sign here, mm. uh, because there's a lot of Kentuckians who may be willing to vote for Bashir, but voted for Trump uh, yeah. in 2016. And so the even from and even if you're trying to do it in the negative, associating Bevin with Trump will." In, benefit Bevin, and mm -hmm. I don't see how it couldn't, uh, especially with the impeachment stuff, uh, because it's you can easily be convinced that the impeachment is a political move, 
Yeah. And therefore, you can be convinced to vote for Bevin over Bashir. Yeah, well, and President Trump came out yesterday and tweeted um, on Twitter that said that Governor Matt Bevin has done a wonderful job for the people of Kentucky. He continues to your, protect your very important Second Amendment rights. Matt is strong on crime and the border. He loves our great vets and military and went on to endorse uh, the governor once again and said that Matt has my complete and total endorsement and always has. So when you have the Trump machine in the White House behind you, that is a powerful, powerful force. And I think that that'll have a big, big effect on the uh, on the race. And now a, uh, a new poll came out today, actually, one of the few polls that's actually been published about the about the governor's race this year that stated that right now, Governor Matt Bevin and uh, excuse me, Attorney General Andy Bashir are literally in a dead heat tie at tied at 40 percent, 46 percent right now with 7% undecided. So, I mean, it is just a toss-up right now. Um, and, uh, you know, four years ago when Governor Matt Bevin was running against Attorney General Jack Conway, Matt Bevin was down six points in the polls going up into that week before, and Matt Bevin ended up winning by nine points. So usually the polls are a little bit skewed to the left. So I'd say, and even in this article, that Matt Bevin has a little bit of a momentum going into these final weeks and this final push. I don't. We have not had a Republican win two terms in Kentucky well history. Before, well before, yeah. oh really? Yeah, we, I mean, I Kentucky say, is, it's at least well before the 1900s. Yeah, I mean, uh, Governor Bevin's only one of three, I believe, that's been a Republican elected since World War II, but never has a Republican be reelected as governor in the whole history of Kentucky. So I mean, he's going against that precedent, and um, he will make history if he decides to. Uh, to win this, yeah, because Kentucky's broke, and I think we're realizing that a blue dom is a blue dominated state locally for so long. We're realizing we have a revenue problem, and we need to fix it. And the Democrats have failed to deliver in the past, so it's time to find something new. Well, and you saw last night too um, that uh, Attorney General Andy Bashir um, kind of touted his expanded gaming taxing medical marijuana he didn't really talk about recreational marijuana but as another source of revenue to get about 500 million dollars i believe he he said to try to bring to bring in that but i mean the pension issue is an estimated 60 billion dollar issue so i mean 500 million dollars from expanded gaming is not really helping um i mean yes it does help a little bit but again that's another moral issue for some people some people aren't comfortable with that um so 500 million going towards 60 billion dollars is just really jump a, change exactly whereas the governor he you know he's kind of touted you know his econo you know economic development he's had 22 billion dollars invested in Kentucky which is an absolute record for the last three and a half years that's never happened in any 10-year um, period in the history of Kentucky so his strategy is you know continue the economic development bring CEOs and more businesses to Kentucky Whereas Andy Bashir seems to want to go towards the expanded gaming route, which I think is kind of a fool's error. Yeah, which we haven't pushed a lot last night was that we we have a finite amount of dollars, uh, no matter how you look at it. Even if you legalize gambling and legalize uh, marijuana and tax the heck out of it, yeah, uh, you still have finite dollars. And a two thousand Andy's promising a two thousand dollar raise to all teachers. He's promising pensions for at the current rate for the foreseeable future for all new teachers eternity uh, leave i believe he also mentioned which you got to pay for it and 
you got to find that money somewhere. And so my concern is that's going to come out of our highways and other other things that we're going to need the money for. Uh, somewhat more importantly. Yeah, I mean budgeting, as I said last night, it's all about it's all about priorities, you know. And you only have a finite amount of money, um, and so it, you know you can't you can promise all you want to, but you can only deliver so much, you know. And that seems to be the the political strategy for a lot of people is to overpromise and underdeliver. Yes. So, so yeah, well, the, keep an eye on this one for sure. And as we come out of a debate where there was no clear winner. Uh, we'll have to keep an eye on the polls as they're coming into a tie leading up to election. So Yeah, make sure to get out and vote on November 5th. The polls are open from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Um, you know, we're all for democracy, all for voting. Even if you um, vote on either side of the party, we just want you to get out and get out and vote. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of Freedom Thinkers. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Uh, We hope you have a wonderful day, and we'll see you again next time.